Hey everyone and welcome back to my channel. So I'm delighted to welcome Mr. Samuel Leeds, but before we dive into this episode, I'd just like to say a big thank you to Casita Properties, who is kindly sponsoring this episode and they are the UK leading property company of discrete off-market buy-to-let sales and all of their links will be in the description below. Mr. Samuel Leeds, it's an absolute pleasure Thanks, man. to have you on the channel and I'm really, really excited to get into this episode. Appreciate being, appreciate being here. Well, pleasure's all mine, and we're gonna break this up into a part one and a part two, and this part one is all about who is Samuel Leeds, the entrepreneur, the property investor, and I think there's a lot of value to take from you, and actually where you started. I've watched a lot of your interviews, podcasts, and you have a very interesting backstory. So just for those that may not have yeah. seen, just that 30,000 view of where you started. Yeah, so I, I wasn't very good in school, and at school, generally speaking, they teach you to go down one of two avenues. So you're either going to go on to further education, learn, you know, learn a profession, go to university, be a doctor, a lawyer. So go down the academic route. And then the other angle is, if you're not particularly great at academics or you don't want to go into further education, is to learn a skill. So maybe learn how to be a builder or a plasterer, use your hands. And that's generally the two ways uh, that they teach you in school. But what they don't talk about is business at all in school, entrepreneurship, finance, you're a finance guy. At school, they don't teach you anything about finance. So it was when I was about 15, I read the book, Screw It, Let's Do It by Richard Branson, when I was like, oh, you know, he's not a builder or a doctor. <laughs> he's actually something different. And maybe I could do that. And that was really the beginning of it. So, um, you know, it was around about 15 when I started my first business, which was a plastering company. So I was, um, I was basically, hired to go and plaster people's walls and at homes but then I would usher out the work and and, and not many people know about this actually this was my first proper business prior to you know selling sweets and stuff um, and I just felt like I had a little bit of a gift of entrepreneurship and wasn't good in school at all academically so I've got ADHD dyslexia um, but that was when I realized I wanted to go into business and um, that was the I guess the beginning the beginning of it and now you know we're building schools in Uganda and I'm going into schools across the UK teaching kids about good debt bad debt assets liabilities and um, passive income active income because I think it's really important that kids understand that it's not just a case of going to uni or going to college that you can but we need jobs but to have jobs we need entrepreneurs and business people and you know that's kind of what I've stepped into and for the last 13 14 years I've just thrown myself 100% into business and I've been very successful. It's a fantastic backstory and for, you know, most people that are gonna be watching this will know of your backstory, have read your book, checked out your videos. And what's really interesting is that, you know, you've really sort of thrived in being an entrepreneur in the sense of you have built up multiple businesses now to the point where, you know, financially you're in a good position and, uh, you know, what I wanna to touch on a little bit later and we'll touch more on part two is that you've been through the good and the bad. Mm. And what I wanna start with is being an entrepreneur, there are gonna be a lot of hurdles. So for those that are gonna be watching this and, and looking to take value from this is that many people are on the fence because there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of marketing behind different strategies, different businesses. How do you think someone focuses in a world where there are so many avenues where someone has this entrepreneur fire. You know, you're sitting there and you're thinking, yeah. I really don't want to do this nine to five. How does someone focus and actually identify that, okay, I need to try this and this? Yeah, that's a really good question. And there are, there's so many, If you people say, oh, you can learn everything online for free. But actually, there's so many voices online about what the best business is, what the best strategy is, and so many contradictory ideas around entrepreneurship. But I think, I think firstly, if you want to be an entrepreneur, it's about picking one thing 
and sticking with it. So rather than trying, and there's, and I've done this, and you know, there's been times where I did a bit of network marketing and did plastic to this, but property was the one that I picked. I was like, right, from a young age, I'm gonna crush property. I'm gonna buy it, control it, manage it, sell it, flip it, refurb it, everything around property. And I think that was a, a smart decision because I see a lot of people in today, they're like doing Amazon drop shipping and then they're doing um, cryptos and this and this and this, and they end up not being successful in anything. Um, you know, there's a lot of entrepreneurs around. They just really fancy themselves as an entrepreneur. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think the way to be successful is to pick one strategy and say, right, this is my focus and I'm just going to go all in at this. And, and the grass is always greener on the other side. But then that's because maybe you're not watering your, your garden, you yeah. know, so just really focusing on it. Uh, I think that'll probably be my best advice with all the opinions on the internet. So very much that focus on one course until successful, yeah. that, that, that saying. I think of. so. I think, that's, I think focus is so important. Otherwise, you, you know, you'll, you'll try a little bit of this, try a little bit of this, try a little bit of this, and you'll fail in everything. And you'll think, oh, it doesn't work. But it's like, well, no, because you never actually said, this is my, this is my strategy. This is what I'm going to do. And even in property, I see people even within property itself, oh, I'm going to try um, rent to rent, I'm going to try and flip, I'm going to try, and, and people get distracted even within property. So yeah, find find your niche, find what you love to do, and then just stick with it. And, and people will always tell you, you know, oh, why don't you do this? Or why don't you do a bit of this? And try and pull your hair from pillar to post. But you just got to find your mountain and climb to the top. So how does someone identify when they need to cut their losses? So that's something mm. else is, you know, where people try and sell yeah. a dead horse is at what point do you go, I've tried it, it's not working out for me. What would be your point where you go, it wasn't for me, I now need to cut it off. What's that point for you? What does it look like? I think that's a really good question. And again, there's been times when I've done that, I've been pushing a, a, a business. We had a letting agency at one point and we had over a 100 um, tenants and we were trying to really grow that and it got to the point where I was spending so much time and energy on it but that wasn't where my money was coming from and I thought actually it's like the 80-20 rule usually 80% of your money is coming from 20% of the of the effort so it's about finding I think yes stick with one course until, until successful but then also something that's flourishing needs more attention so if it's part if you're, right, you're doing a podcast if this podcast suddenly takes off like crazy and you get millions of views that's probably a good indication that you should be spending way more time on it yeah um, so when to quit something um, I guess it's it's a hard it's a hard one to answer but there's no metric is there no there's no... no I don't think there is um, and 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 only quit something good in order to do something great. So if you are going to quit something, don't just quit and think, oh, it doesn't work. Yeah. Y you know, because- I do agree with that. I, I always say, when I hear people say, I'm going to quit my job, and actually there's a conversation that happened not too long ago, and the, the person watches this, they'll know I'm referring to them, is they were going to quit their job. And I said, you have to be absolutely sure if you're going to quit your job. And if you do, you have to make sure you replace that with maximum mm. productivity in order to justify why you've quit that job. Yeah. You really so have to a question that it. comes up to me all the time, people saying, should I quit my job? And it's- it, the, it's, it's like, how can I say whether you should or you shouldn't? I mean, firstly, do you enjoy it? If you absolutely hate your job and you've got no dependables and you're making £1,500 a month and you know 100% that you could do that in a business, if you then maybe you should. But generally speaking, yeah, I think the advice is replace your income first before quitting your job. Yeah. Make sure you've got money coming in. Jim Rohn says, work full-time on your job and part-time on your fortune yeah. until your fortune replaces your job and then it gets exciting because then you can work full-time on your fortune 
which is when you're going to start building yeah. real wealth. Jim Rohn, actually, that's a great book. For anyone watching, go watch like his Ultimate Library. It's brilliant. Oh, Jim Rohn, uh, yeah, uh, yeah thousands of hours I've listened to Jim. Yeah, Rohn. yeah, that's uh, Jim Rohn is is the man to go to. So. For Samuel Leeds, why property? Because I'm, I'm in finance and I've understood and learned that there's also other ways to make, I wouldn't say quick because, you know, work goes behind closed doors, but uh, relatively good money mm. um, rather than without the hassle. So why for Samuel Leeds was it, was it property? Did it happen organically? Um, and why is the pursuit for property still there? Because you could, I imagine, have the chance to launch multiple businesses. So mm. why property? I think property is a big pie. So it can be hard, but it can also be completely passive. So one of the ways that we've made money in our property business is by, is by joint venturing with people. So we've put our money into other people's deals and the agreement is we put the money in, but nothing else, you know? So is that hard? Well, no, it's about as easy as it can get. The reason I've chosen property, a couple of reasons. Number one is because it will outlive me and business. If you look at the successful businesses, and if you want to invest in a business, it might be that that business goes bust. I mean, most car businesses go bust. A lot of businesses can go bust. So I think that's that, that's for one. Second is you can leverage banks' money. So if you want to invest in stocks, you can't you can't get a mortgage on a stock. So people will back property because it's tangible, it's real. You can see it, touch it, smell it. Um, another reason is because it's something that will never go out of fashion. No one's ever going to say, "I don't want to live in a house anymore." I don't need, pro we, we will always need properties. Even if there's a war and the house falls down, we'll still own the land, which is, so I just think it's a very safe investment. Um, but also, why do I continue doing property and property pretty much only? It's because that's what I know. And if you're doing, if you're investing in any business, you need to understand the business. Yeah, Even if you're loaning money out on people's deals and you go, oh, it's completely passive. It is. But if you don't understand property, you can have the wall pulled over your eyes. So. You need to know the business. If you understand cryptos really well, or if you understand Amazon drop shipping really well, and you really understand that business and love it, then great, go knock yourself out. But for me, property is something that I've, it's all I've really known straight out of school, yeah. from working on building sites, to being an estate agent, to be, it's something that I know, and it's something, I think I've picked a pretty good industry. I think if you look on the Sunday Times Rich List, um, you know, probably around 90% of, the wealthy people are in some way or another are involved in property investment. So I think it's um, I think it's a good strategy. I think there's a lot of money in it and it's a booming market. It's passive and active. You can leverage it. I mean, I just love it. I'm obsessed. Yeah, I totally agree. You can definitely leverage it more than you can other assets. So I would definitely say that's a massive pro. So we're, we're going to get on to, so just for the watchers is in part two, we're going to cover off a lot more property and, and some of the questions there. But so when it comes to the property business, for Samuel Eads then, what's the what's the exit strategy or is there not? Or is this just a case of building building the biggest net worth for generations and generations? Like, what yeah. is there an exit of all of this? Yeah, there is. And that's a great question. With every deal, there's always an exit. In fact, often multiple exits. So, for instance, at the moment, we are just trying to get planning permission to build a small apartment block in Yorkshire. And the plan is to is, is, is to um, sell the apartments once they're built. But if we can't sell them, then we'll refinance them. 
so that's an exit strategy. But I think maybe your question was more about all for yeah. So what generally. you're building, yeah. So the business, the educational company, yeah. The, the brand of Samuel Leeds. Oh, the brand. Obviously, side of no. The, obviously, the brand will never go. But I, in the sense of the businesses that are being mm. built, you know, some business owners go, I want to reach a hundred million, and yeah. then I'm selling, and I'm I'm off to Dubai. Oh no, 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 no. So I guess the brand side of things is is not really. My, my, all my money is in is in real estate. So all my, all my money pretty much is in property. Very, very tiny amount in cryptos and different things, but that's just for fun, you know, but, but really my whole <laughs> yeah. wealth is, is in property. So if let's say the property market absolutely crashed, um, well, I'm still gonna get my rents. I'm diversified within property. I've got service departments, holiday lets, HMOs, single lets, council run properties. So I don't think we're ever gonna be in a situation and I'm not being arrogant or anything like that, or I would never say never, but I can't possibly envision there being a situation whereby property, all different avenues of property, the holiday lets, the council houses, the flats, the serviced accommodation, just is just crushed and doesn't work anymore. I, I just can't see it happening. Yeah. The only way it would happen would be if there was a massive plague or something, or there was some World War Three where everyone, but then, my net worth will be the least of my worries then anyway. I'll be more worried about whether <laughs> I'm alive true. or dead. So so on, on the property side of things, I feel like it's quite safe. And of course, every deal that I do has an exit strategy. Um, in terms of my brand, do I have an exit strategy with my brand business? Well, not really, no, because really my brand, the purpose of that is to leave a legacy. It's so that when I'm gone, people can still, I've, I've impacted people. You know, I don't want to be remembered for having the highest net worth. I want to be remembered for impacting the most people. So you know, I don't really have an exit strategy. I don't think they'll ever, the, the time I'll quit training and doing podcasts and all that stuff will be when people stop getting results. So at the moment, I'm getting thousands of people that are becoming financially free, that are being positively impacted. I'm having winners on a Wednesday every week coming through my show. If that stopped, if, it, if there was no fruit, if it was just like, oh, I'm just training for the sake of it and no one's actually doing what I'm saying and no one's actually having their lives changed, then, I, then the return would suddenly be dead, and then that, that's when I would quit. So, uh, really interesting points, which which leads me on to a question people always ask, and, and this comes up quite a lot, is obviously property, uh, and through the likes of YouTube, social media, the internet, it has such a huge marketing uh, budget almost, that, you mm. know, uh, Kevin McDonald's popping up every five minutes, all these different people are popping up every five minutes, is that do you think also, I know you're a property guy, but do you also think there's a huge marketing budget that a lot of people may may think that the default would be property to leave the nine to five, opposed to perhaps if they do have a passion for something else, they just don't know it yet. Do you think property overall does have a really big marketing budget? I think on, on Facebook, you, you're probably seeing those ads because you're interested in property. But if you were interested in Amazon dropshipping, you'd probably see those Quite ads. possibly, actually. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the internet is, I mean, geez, the internet has literally got everything. <laughs> so, and if you're interested in something and you go on those sites and click on those ads, you'll see more of it. Um, so I guess the question is, do people go to property as the go-to way to make money when there's other ways? Um, maybe. I think it's because it's the. I think it's because it's the best. I think property. Everybody knows that the way to create wealth is in. I was just watching Undercover Billionaire. I'm a bit late to the party. Where Grant Cardone and the, I'm only I'm only in episode um, two at the moment, but it's like right. How are we going to make a, a million dollars from scratch? Real estate. 
straight away they're looking at buildings, looking at so. But maybe. But hey, if there's if there's if there's there's other ways, of course. I think business as well. I think businesses. I've got a lot of friends that have made loads of money in business, buying, building businesses, selling businesses. Um, but um, I guess there's something about property. People just love it. They're owning property, getting the keys to yeah. it. It's quite an exciting feeling. It's, yeah, it's quite a tangible thing to say, and it's quite nice to turn around and say we have property or there's property. So I definitely think there's a there's a token element to it, and it's funny because where I work with. Uh, some very wealthy individuals. I actually, from conversations, it's funny because when I say, "What's your involvement in property?" I think it's a, I think it's a split, and I don't know what your take on this is, and if you know people that are similar, is you do get the people that go, "I absolutely, yeah, I love property," but then also business owners that have done very well. When you mention property, they're like, "Oh, it's okay. It's just, someone buys it for me. They literally just take the funds and buy it." So there's, I always find there's a real split, and there's a certain individual that I know earns it's like 200 million plus a year, has no interest in property, but still buys it. Yeah. So what, what do you think? Why do you think there's a difference between some business owners that are like, okay, I know I need to buy it, but I have no interest, and then there's some property people who are like, I love it, because I know one guy. If you check out his company's house, 182 million only property only property mm. so I, I see two sides to it what's your take on that well it's interesting that the way you've just said it <laughs> they're all in property yeah they're either in it and they love it and they're actively yeah excited or they're just like oh i'm really love my business but i'll dump my profits <laughs> yeah. into property because it's a safe asset either which way they're both smart enough to realize that they probably should be in property i think it depends on what they love doesn't it i think you know i've, I've got um some really good friends that are very 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 successful in business but they've all then got into property so um you know the the, the edmonstons i go to church with them they've got a you know they own subaru in europe they made a lot of money in cars um but then now i know that they're making more money initially they started in property from the profits of their car business but now i know that they're making substantially more money from their property business than they are even their car business which most people don't even know or, or are aware of so um i guess it just depends on what they love if if, if you love business if you love selling mugs and you've got a mug business and you're making loads of money doing it and then that's all you want to focus on great you dump the profits into property make it passive but keep doing what you love so it really depends on the individual but for me my business my fast pound my trading business is property and then my dump the money into this is also property so i've got two property businesses because i'm just in love with property but i think it really depends on the on the individual yeah, I think I think most savvy business owners that are generating good profit end up in property, whether they love it or whether they don't, like yeah. you just said. So we're going to wrap it up for part one. Do stick around and join us for part two. So we found out who Samuel Leeds is, what's going on, because part two, we're going to obviously touch on some of the hotter debates and obviously uh, those questions that many put on the Instagram. So don't go anywhere. Join us for part two.